Hey, hey! Welcome back to another edition of Across College Lacrosse. I am your host, Chris Dostromsky. We have a jam-packed show for you. We have two interviews. Our second one, Johns Hopkins midfielder Brett Baskin, and also LaSalle College High School grad like myself, will join us later on in the program. But first, figured there's a guy out there that a lot of people have seen, but they don't know, and he's the hottest name in all of lacrosse. Even with two leagues announcing big moves in the program, college is still going on. But this subject is from Utah Valley of the MCLA. He's a sophomore. His name is Preston Burbage. If you don't know the name, you know the actual human being, the physical human being, because he was the guy that waved at his defender and then scored in an MCLA game and caused a lot of of discussion on lacrosse Twitter about if his wave was disrespecting the game, which I think is still blasphemous and ridiculous. I loved it. But he's got a story that not a lot of people, matter of fact, outside of Utah Valley, nobody has talked to him about. So with that, this is our Across College Lacrosse exclusive with Preston Burbage of Utah Valley. Our first guest, all the way from Salt Lake City in Utah Valley from the MCLA, Preston Burbage, sophomore. Uh, Preston, you've had a, I, I guess, a, a, a decent week to say the least. Uh, you had a nice goal I, I, from what I've seen. Uh, you waved to a guy. Uh, let's let's start with that goal, actually. Uh, take me through what was happening on that goal. Um, so at that time we were clearing the ball and I got the, I got the ball in midfield and, uh, this guy came at me, so I made a move and I guess you've seen the rest of the video. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this. The wave got a lot of traction. I'm personally, I'm a big fan of it. Cause I think we need more personality here and there and not be like Don Cherry's attacking the Carolina hurricanes for their end of game celebrations. What made you do this, the wave? Uh, honestly, that's a good question. I it kind of just came out like I didn't uh, didn't think about it beforehand or anything. I um, on the play actually, I don't know if you can see it very well in the video, but he tried to throw a rap check and it hit me a little bit high in the back of the head. So a little bit of uh, flair came after the play. Was there any bad blood earlier in the game? And I know there was a little bit of little bit of Simon Fraser. It was a pretty good school in the MCLA, and they've been dominating a lot of schools in the past. Yeah, nothing against Simon Fraser necessarily or, or that player at all. I, I don't even remember any um, altercations or anything in between us the rest of the game. But uh, we definitely wanted to come out and make a statement as a new program, UVU. Um, we have a lot of transfer students this year. and We want to play well and have people see us and have our personalities come out in our play. So that's part of it. I mean, I you're, you're a transfer student yourself. You were at uh, Westminster nearby. Uh, Why did you make the move to UVU? Uh, for a couple of reasons, I had just gone back from a two-year LDS mission, actually, and uh, just kind of reviewing the schools around Utah, I thought it might be good to go and see what the club lacrosse level was like. And uh, I knew the coach, who's the head coach here now, Marty Westcott, was my high school coach, and he had contacted me beforehand, and we kind of had talked about coming here. So that two-year mission, where did that take you, and what did you do there? 
So I went to Tallahassee, Florida, like FSU area. And basically what we do is we just go around and tell people about our church and um, see if they're interested in it and tell them about Jesus Christ and try and bring them to conversion. What was the, uh, on your entire two-year mission, what was your uh, the biggest wow moment of your entire trip? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I'd have to, let's see. I think near the end of it, just realizing kind of what had happened. Um, not a lot of people obviously do that in their lives and take two years because it's off school, off lacrosse, off everything. And all those things are a big part of my life. And so I think just the reflection at the very end and realizing um, what had just happened and I'd become closer to God and to Christ. And that's important to me in my life. When I was over at uh, Utah, I was talking to Seth Nealman, who's on the Utes right before their first game against Vermont, and he was telling me he went to uh, Brazil for two years, and probably there's probably a lot of other students that did that. I know Justin Anderson did a two-year mission at North Car- when he was at North Carolina before coming back to school. Why why Tallahassee? Because I know that's that's a weird kind of place because it's in it's in Florida State, but you also have you know Brazil and other places that I know from other Mormons that go to other places, but why, why did you go to Tallahassee? Yeah, that's a good question. I get asked that a lot. Um, so what, what actually happens is we, we kind of throw in our applications to the church and they, they send us where they need us. Um, it's not necessarily, we don't get a shoes. Um, it kind of just gets put on us and we say, yep, we're good to go. Going back to the goal quickly, was there, after the goal happened, what was, you know, reaction between your team, your coach, the aftermath of it, I'd say. Um, I remember kind of bringing all the, all the guys on the field together and we kind of hyped each other up, kind of realizing that might have been a turning point in the game because we had previously been, I think, down one or tied. Um, and then I came off the field and just got tons of love from my teammates and from my coaches. It was nothing but excitement, you know, classic sports. Everybody's getting up for the big goal. So nothing really negative from your coaches or other coaches or other players on the field they didn't really see the wave at all until like the video came out yeah i i obviously don't know what they saw from the sidelines but um the the fans were right there they saw it and they were excited about it because we were at home um i don't know if my coaches saw it or not i'll be honest they they haven't said anything negative to me yet about it so that's a good sign i guess now after seeing it and after doing it it might be a dumb question but i'm gonna ask it do you regret doing it um, no, honestly, I mean, I don't want to sound like it was on purpose or that was like cocky or anything like that, but I mean, it's obviously brought a lot of national attention to UVU and to our club and to the sport of lacrosse, which is amazing. That's what the whole point is to grow the game and to have fun doing it. So I, I, I don't necessarily regret it because I think it, it is that personality that we do have at our school and, um, the personality of having fun while playing lacrosse, like it's it is a national sport and it is something that's competitive and you see it, this kind of stuff in other sports as well. So it kind of shows we're no different than the mainstream. Sticking back to UVU for lacrosse a little bit. What's your favorite part about being a part of, you know, the UVU Wolverines? Honestly, my favorite part, the guys on the team, they're awesome. Um, Obviously it's a pay to play program. So it's all heart and soul. It's not necessarily, anyone's here for a scholarship, no one's forced to be here, it's, you're here and you're going to do your job, and I love that part about it, and we've built a family, I feel like, um, over the last couple months this year. 
then what's what's the best part about playing club lacrosse? It's not Division One or D one, D two, D three, NCA. It's a lot different. You just mentioned the pay to play, but it seems like there's a a really close knitted community with the club guys. Yeah, I, again, it's just kind of that that mentality of we're still going to work hard, even though we're not on the national recognition. You know, we don't get on TV every day. Uh, we don't necessarily get interviews. This is kind of a special event, I guess, but it it's kind of just that mentality. It's like, we're going to play our hardest and we're going to try and do our best um, with what we have. And I, I love that. It's just competition on competition every day. What's been the, uh, I mean, going back to the goal again, what's been like the reaction of that whole goal after the goal happened? You got Kiwi posting that video, House of Highlights, Michael B. Jordan seeing it, Sports Center has it, and then the Carolina Panthers most recently just made you a meme. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Like I definitely did not expect it. I don't I mean like it still really hasn't hit me, I guess you could say. I mean, people will send me messages and I'll get my phone has definitely been blowing up the last couple of days. Um and even walking around school people will notice I wear my backpack with number three on it and I'll get stopped a couple of times here and there. It's just, it's been something I can't even imagine. I guess it's one of those things you grow up, you're like, man, I've always wanted to have a, a cool goal that people can see on YouTube or whatever, and now it's kind of happening. Now, a lot of people don't know Utah Valley. They might have never heard of it until, you know, this game or this even, this your goal. Tell me a little bit about Utah Valley. I've heard when I was over at Utah, it's kind of like a Towson kind of state school up in, you know, Maryland. Is that kind of the same thing? How would you describe the, the environment at UVU? Yeah, it's a, it's a state school through and through. I mean, you have a range of students from people here for, for their four-year degree or even after that, and from young to old. They have tons of classes. It's I think it's the biggest um, enrollment numbers in Utah, actually, one of the biggest schools. Sticking with lacrosse, I mean, we I was over in Utah for their first game, did a few things with them. Uh, you know, the the sport has grown in the entire state from high school to Utah getting D one and obviously now this goal. How would you just and guys like Casey Rose playing repping from Utah coming over Bubba Fairman as well. How would you describe the sport in your state? It is it is a growing sport and it's I think it's a love sport in Utah. Obviously you got guys who put on the mainstream like you mentioned Casey and Bubba and. Uh, Josh Stout, who plays for the U now, and the University of Utah going D1 is huge. Uh, I mean, from when I started playing in like the first grade to when my brother's playing now, at the similar age, it's it's an immense difference. Like my high school wouldn't let us play on our turf until our, my junior year, and now they're getting sanctioned as a high school sport, and so they're going to have all the facilities. They're going to have all the everything that you have to be a good high school program. So I think that's huge for the growth of the sport out West. I'm guessing when you were at Westminster, did you ever play Utah? Uh, we did. We scrimmaged them at the time. They were um, MCLA still and coach Holman wasn't there because it, it was three years ago. It was before my mission, my two year break. Um, how, so how I'll would you, I, uh, how would you describe Utah when, when, at that stage they were definitely a building program <laughs> i'd say they're nothing like what they are today they got a ton of transfers they got a lot of funding and a lot of obviously coaching help um with the holmans coming in and will manny i mean it's it's a huge program now with a lot of a lot to offer 
Take me as we go back to your your team uh, for the final the home stretch. Take me inside a locker room and your practices and what is life like as a UVU player? Take me through the day of, in the life of. Gain the life. All right. This is, um, if, believe it or not, we wake up at about 4.45 so we can get to practice inside our indoor facility, like bubble we have at 5. Um, we practice from about 5 to 6.30. And, man, it is a grind to get up at 5, I'll tell you that much. It is tough to get excited and to get going. But once we're there, the intensity is high. We got people going. We got, obviously, doing the regular drills, getting shots up. Um dodging, doing, doing all the above. And uh, the one thing we don't have is a locker room, which is unfortunate. We are hopefully, I'm not sure if they're in the works or whatever, but we hope to get one in a couple of years here. Um, we're obviously still building program. After that, you go do your classes, do whatever else you got to do. If you got a job, you got to work, um, try and pay your dues there. And then you get home and go to bed at a decent hour, hopefully before 10 o'clock. That's unreal. You, I mean, would you would you rather be getting up early for practice at like four forty five five, or would you be rather staying late to practice at like eleven? Oh man, that's a good question. I see the thing about the early practice is you can decide if you want to stay up or not afterwards. But if you have practice at night, you can't. So I'd say probably I'd, I'd rather have the early practice. But honestly, in a perfect world, I'd rather have it in the middle of the day. I like to think. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 the ideal situation everywhere we go. Uh, what's your major? Because you mentioned you're still a sophomore, and people don't know who you are. There's not a lot of bios about you, club lacrosse players. So, you know, what's your major? So I'm hoping to go into law. So right now I'm going to major in poli-sci, political science. Nice. What's what's your uh, what's your toughest class so far in your sophomore year? Oh, right now it's biology because I am terrible at the sciences, man. I can't, I can't tell you how bad I am. I'm not a science guy either. I just... I'm a more I'm more more of a math and history guy, but like, I remember taking like a science class, and I think it was bio my junior year. I just didn't do so well, and then once I like passed that class, I was ecstatic just to not take any more science. It's not the yeah, best. just home free. It's not the best. Uh, let's go inside of like a a game day type of situation, right? I'm guessing you have some kind of pregame tunes going on. Oh yeah, definitely. Got to have that playlist ready on Spotify. <laughs> so what are what are some of the what are some of the songs you hear? What are some of the artists or genres? So I'm a big fan of Chance the Rapper. He's one of my go-tos. Um, I always always listen to his stuff on game day. And you can't listen to Chance the Rapper without some Kanye West. You know they're kind of cut out of the same cloth there. Um, Shy yeah, just I love the mainstream. I'm a big rap guy, obviously, and I like uh, most of the beats of it. Just kind of like getting ready, some Little Wayne, maybe you know. Jay Z, Meek, any others? Oh, of course. Future, Future, Migos, all the above, man. I'm I'm all about it. What are your? Um, let me ask you this: What are some of your three favorite songs that you definitely pump out before games? That's a good question. Um, I think a big one right now is, um, there's actually a song called, sorry, I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, Tunnel Vision by Kodak Black is oh, good. Uproar by Lil Wayne. And Post Malone, obviously he's, a, he shouts out to Utah all the time. So we got to give him some love. I like, wow. 
And then there's another new song actually about a local uh, basketball player here. Uh, it's called Spider Mitchell. It's about a Donovan Mitchell. We're always trying to rep the Utah Jazz out here. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a Sixers fan, so I, I'll take that Rookie of the Year Ben Simmons over that guy. <laughs> yeah, it was a close race, but whatever. Nah, it wasn't close. I mean, it wasn't close whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing you guys win a lot, right? What's what's kind of your celebration song after games? Oh, that's a good question. My, my celebration song is the cheers from the boys, like the teammates, man. I'm all about that. Going out to dinner with them and kind of hanging out. Um, and then, obviously, just going back to the playlist. Uh, let's see. I'm a big Kendrick Lamar guy. And then, oh, J. Cole. How could you forget about J. Cole? He's a good, good after-game tune. Got a couple more questions before I let you go. Uh I asked Tate Boyce this of Providence last week, and I think this will be the the big question, non lacrosse question. I ask, you're at, Are you a brunch guy? First of all, what was that? Are you a brunch guy? Oh, brunch. Yeah, I like some brunch. Here Perfect. There. So, it's noon. You and your boys are going out to brunch. It's right in the middle between eleven and one, so it's breakfast or lunch. Are you going for breakfast? Or are you going to go for lunch? Oh, that's a tough question. I this is probably the hardest question you asked me. I'll be honest. Um, Only the hard hitting questions, Big J's. Yeah, this is what people want. I'm a I'm a breakfast guy. Nice. So, what are you getting at breakfast then? One of two things. I'm a big breakfast burrito guy. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> What's and in so it? I'll go with just the steak and eggs with some potatoes. Obviously, the hot sauce, man. You got to have the hot sauce in there. And maybe some peppers of some sort, you know, if they offer that. Not a lot of places do, but if you're lucky enough, that's what you got to throw in there. It's a loaded burrito. Are you are you getting anything on the side? Um, if I'm a, like a Denny's or something like that, I'm gonna get a side of hash browns. But otherwise, you know, I'm I'm cool with just a burrito. Are you a hash browns guy or a home fries guy? Oh, that's a good question. I I gotta go hash browns just because it's not home fries aren't as big out here. I'll be honest. Really. Yeah, I mean, I could go for both, but I, the home fries are phenomenal. Where whenever you get oh, like perfect home you. fries, hash browns. I'm with you. Hash browns, the best hash browns are the ones in McDonald's where they have like those individual, like they're in like their individual holders. Those are right, those yeah. are the bomb. Those are the OG breakfast side. Oh yeah, you get you get a McDonald's breakfast, roll through the drive-through, get a couple of those with the boys. It's a good day. Sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin, a couple hash browns. Oh, yeah. You're on your day. Uh, before I let you go, one final lacrosse question. What does the sport mean to you? It, it, it means everything to me, honestly. Like, uh, I've obviously kind of jumped around a little bit from school to school, but wherever I go, I can't seem to let it go. Um, I grew up trying to play Division One ball. I tried to do everything I could, and um, taking two years away was hard. I, I did have my lacrosse stick with me. So I was able to do a little bit of wall ball here and there, but it is, it's, it's everything, man. It, um, I enjoy it so much. It really helps me have something to identify with and helps me feel successful. You know, is it's, it's big time. And there we go. Preston Burbage, sophomore from Utah Valley. He's got four goals. One of them went really, really big on a online six assists. You're two and zero. Uh, you guys have UNLV, and UCLA in Las Vegas this weekend. So 
best of luck to you guys there and for the rest of the season and go uh go Wolverines. Hey, thank you very much. And that was Preston Burbage, and now you know who the player actually is outside of just one goal. So now you can make judgments about who this kid is and where he's come from and explore his actual story outside of just a goal and making him a social media phenomenon. Uh, Best of luck to Utah Valley for the rest of the MCLA season. And speaking of the rest of the season, there's still a lot of season left to be played in the NCAA level. Uh, Obviously, the weekend this past weekend was pretty fun. Virginia beating Syracuse. Hopkins beating Princeton. Both of those teams, matter of fact, are meeting this Saturday in the Carrier Dome where Cuse will play Hopkins in their annual rivalry game last year. Hopkins, as we all know, if you're a College Cross fan, Hopkins beat Syracuse. They continued the 18-7 tradition after losing to third rank, or to unranked Princeton on the road 18-7 in 2017. They with the 18-7 meme on them, carried that result to Syracuse, beating the Orange 18-7. And now the Orange will have to find an opponent to beat 18-7 this year. Either way, it was a big game last year for Brett Baskin, a then a freshman midfielder. He was getting some time on the third line, uh, got moved up to the second line, and that's where he kind of started to flourish a little bit as a second line midi. Uh, this year, he's gotten a lot better. He... He's recently off a hat-trick in a 14-12 win over Princeton. Uh, He's a guy that holds a little bit of a special place in my heart, not because I'm a Closet Hopkins fan, but we both went to LaSalle College High School together. He was a freshman when I was a senior. I've always kept tabs with him. Uh, I've got a lot of my guys down in Winmore, Pennsylvania that I still keep tabs on, and there are guys that are playing in college that I still keep tabs on as well, especially... There's a couple Lehigh guys, Austin Klibanoff, Dan Rivera, Guy Penn, Anthony Giuliani, Matt and Mike Klibanoff at Ohio State. You got Ethan Masucci at Monmouth, uh, Blake Rondow, and I believe his brother Chase is going to be going to Boston University soon. Uh, you also have Ethan Masucci at Monmouth, Ethan Lamont, and Dan Jordan at Navy. Uh, Shane Osborne, who's a senior there at LaSalle, he's going to Denver. Brett Maley's a senior, he's going to Yale. So I still have a soft place and a warm place in my heart for LaSalle and the coaches, Bill Leahy, Brian Harrington, and the great Tony Rush, who recently got named as an assistant to the Archers of the PLL with Chris Bates and Brian Cavanaugh. Uh, that's going to be one of my squads this year if I follow the league. Uh, but going back to Baskin, big day last week against Princeton. Hopefully he can have a big day against the Orange, my Orange, this weekend. But either way, he was gracious and able to stop by and discuss a little bit of a season, uh, his play, as well as some hometown memories with LaSalle and some cheesesteaks. And as always now, might be a tradition, some breakfast. So without further ado, sophomore midfielder from Johns Hopkins, Mr. Brett Baskin. Joining me now from Hopkins, good friend of mine. We went to LaSalle together. He's from Ambler, midfielder, sophomore, Brett Baskin, and Brett you clicked pretty well last week. Had a career high three goals against Princeton. Uh, what happened? What made you actually like click? Uh, I think uh, just credit to my coaches and my teammates, just putting me in uh, good positions to be successful and uh, trusting me to make the right plays. 
Now, you came from LaSalle, and I know you very well as an attackman. Came over to Hopkins, and, you know, the attack position was kind of stacked with Shaq and Kyle Marr and Cole Williams there. And so you had to make a role for yourself at midfield. What was some mm-hmm. of the difficulties that you had, if any, of playing a little bit up top? Um, It wasn't too much um, too, too difficult of a transition. I played a little midfield in high school, too. And um, our offense, we um, we send a lot of midfielders behind at X, so I do a lot of inverting. And um, just the guys around me just made it a pretty easy transition, just playing with them, getting comfortable in the system and everything. So this year you guys had two tough losses against two really good teams in Taz and Loyola. You guys have bounced back against UNC and Princeton in a matter of a few weeks. Anything changed during between that Loyola and UNC win? Um, no, not really. Um, I think we're just playing harder. Um, but we knew what we have. We know what we have in our locker room. And uh, we never lost confidence in our team or in each other. Um, it's just a matter of just keeping our uh, heads down, keep working hard. And, I mean, this game against Syracuse on Saturday last year, I remember, was your kind of Petro trusted you a lot more and you put you on the second midfield. What was kind of when you were out there in, in the dome on the second midfield, what was going through your head at that time knowing that your role got an, got an increase and a big boost? Um, well, just any time you get to get out there, especially in the dome, it's a lot of fun. But I was just trying to make the right plays, whether it's just making the one more, beating my man, getting a ground ball, just uh, doing anything to help us win. What has Petra told you about this whole rivalry in the past few years? Um, it's, it's obviously a big rivalry. Um, there's a big group up there. And we respect everybody we play, but um, we know this one's a little bit different. So uh, we just got to go up there and uh, control what we can control and uh, just focus on focus on ourselves and playing well. Now you're playing in the new rules and you've gone a month through these new rules of the regular season, the shot clock and the dive. How have they affected the offense as a whole? Um, well, I think the shot clock um, at the end of possession, if we don't have anything, sometimes throwing the ball to the corner, sometimes uh, trying to force something in the middle. It's a little different. You don't have those um, like two or three-minute possessions anymore unless it's a goalie, so that's a little different. And then, obviously, with the dive, you can have a little more room to operate around GLA. If a uh, defenseman's pushing you behind, you can kind of just dive across the crease I remember Kark on the Loyola telecast he was mentioning when he talked to Bobby Benson your OC uh that you guys like to shoot in the first 20 seconds or in the last 20 seconds what's in your mind what's the key and why do you guys like to do that probably because um I mean if we we rather want to always uh just look for the best shot so I think that's really what it comes down to if that's in the first 20 then we're not going to pass up an opportunity but we also want to make the defense work, so uh, good to just possess the ball a little bit, get one, get a shot towards the end of the shot clock. Tell me something about Petro that not a lot of people really know. Um, let me think. Um, I don't really know. Really? Something? Yeah. That... Ask me. Ask me that again in a little. I'll think. Dude, <laughs> you're killing me, dude. Uh, well, then what about Benson? What about Bobby Benson? Since you know him a little bit more, Coach Benson. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> do you talk to your coaches? Yeah, I'm trying to say. Then how the hell do you not know this stuff? Are you trying to, like, a weird thing? Yeah, something that people don't know about. Like, something, like, only you guys in the like the locker room would know. Like, something that, like, people don't see in public. Like, is he, like, a cool guy, a funny guy? Is he... He's a funny guy. He's a cool guy. Uh, Good Benson's a big hoops guy. Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> That's all I got. The hoops guy is good. Well, well, what position does he play in hoops, do you know? Is he point guard? I'm not sure. I, okay. I don't know. I know he's just always watching uh, college hoops. Jeez, dude. <laughs> I, I try to put you on, and you're, like, just failing epically, man. Come on. I'm sorry. You're good. A little bit outside of lacrosse now. You're in Baltimore. You've been there for two years. You're kind of close oh, yeah. by to Philly. What do you like most about uh, the city of Baltimore? Uh, I love Baltimore. It's a lot of fun. A lot like Philly. Best city in the world. Um. But uh, it's pretty similar. It's close to home. So my parents come up all the time. Uh, weekdays take me out to dinner. They're at all my games. So I get to play in front of my uh, family all the time, which is huge. I mean, you're close by to Philly. You got some, some of your dogs, Austin Klibanoff and Angie and Yanji. Oh, yeah. All those guys. But, you know, you guys are, we're, as, as I know really well with my guys and you guys as well, we're all close together. So, how much in, how much are you guys in contact with each other during the season? I mean, you got Mike and Matt Clib up in Ohio State. You got Austin Clib in Lehigh. A lot of these guys are going places. Yeah, I I mean, those are my best friends, so I still talk to the, those guys every day, uh, Facetime, Snapchat, run a bunch of group chats together. So, talk to those guys every day. So, when you were at a LaSalle, what was probably your favorite moment outside of winning uh, the the Hubcap freshman year? Outside of lacrosse. No, I mean, lacrosse or whatever, dude. Um, I would say just getting to play with my best friends every day, getting to compete um, in our games, and then also just going out to practice with all the boys every day. Who was probably your favorite coach at LaSalle? Putting you on the hot seat here. Uh, uh, I got to go Coach Leahy. But, uh, but, I, but I love but Coach Rash, Coach Harrington. Love all those guys. Harrington's the GOAT, but you can't go wrong with either one. When you're back home, right, you're a big mm-hmm. cheesesteak guy, obviously. What's your okay. what's your kind of favorite cheesesteak place to go to? Del Sandro's. Why is that? Uh, chopped up meat. The bread's good. Get uh, American and cheese Whiz, um, some green peppers, and uh, fried onions. So you're a peppers guy. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Why? Why the peppers? Little, little crunch, little, uh, little spice in there. Hmm. I, I, I don't feel you, dude. I mean, I love you, but like, <laughs> I don't feel you that well. I like the double cheese, Not, but the the peppers, it's a, it's a far off, far fetched thing for me. Not a peppers guy. No. When you were in high school, Sal, obviously prep was big, but was there any other game you got hyped for every year with your boys and with everybody else? Um, yeah, always the uh, Malvern and Hatford games were were big ones for us. Um, those guys, love playing against those guys. Take me through, like, what's, what goes on in your head through the locker room. What's kind of blasting? What are the tunes that are blasting? What's the mood pretty much in, before a game and after the game? 
before the game. Um, some rap, some EDM coming out of the speakers, and then um, I just try to focus. Um, not, I don't take it. I'm not. I don't not talk to anybody, but I try to focus up a little bit, but uh, stay loose at the same time. Focus on what I need to do and um, just try to play hard. What are some of the tunes that uh, you're blasting at least at, after you guys win? What's your like your celebration song or victory songs, whatever? Uh, been uh, listening to a little Satiana recently, and uh, always some some Soldier Boy in there. Oh, dude, throwback. Oh yeah. What's your What's your go to Soldier Boy? Um, there's a few. Probably uh, with my yums on. Okay, that's my favorite. Okay, I'm I'm guessing you're a brunch guy, right? Big yeah, brunch I like guy. Brunch. Good. Yeah. So let's say you and your boys going out to brunch at like noon on like a Sunday. Okay. It's between you know breakfast and lunch. Are you getting what are you getting breakfast or are you getting lunch at brunch? Breakfast every time. Nice. What are you getting at yeah. breakfast? Uh, French toast with extra bacon. Okay. Are you, are you a scrapple guy? Are you a pork hole guy? No, no, strictly really? bacon. Really? Yeah, no scrapple. Damn. Never had it. That's unbelievable. Pork roll? No, not a big pork roll guy. Have you had it at least? I've had pork roll, All yes. Right, down the shore, you better have. But oh, are yeah. You... All right, so the, the bacon stuff, are you chewy, crispy? Uh, More crispy than chewy, but but it's somewhere in the middle. All right, I can I can live with that. I can live with that all day. <laughs> Final question is, what does lacrosse, in your mind, mean to you? Lacrosse, I just, um, it's pretty much um, just giving me so many opportunities. Um, obviously, Coach Petro, Coach Benson, Coach Don gave me the opportunity to come to Hopkins. And then by coming here, just made like my best friends, um, my best friends in high school, played lacrosse with all of them, just uh, all the great people I've met, experiences. Um, places I've gotten to go um yeah so that's it all right this is Brett Baskin sophomore midfielder and attackman Hopkins and Brett uh good luck on Saturday and go hop cool thanks for having me and that was sophomore midfielder Brett Baskin best of luck to the Blue Jays and best of luck mainly to him and all the LaSalle guys that are listening or not uh, that are playing college lacrosse still in, especially the, my guys that are 2014 classes, uh, washed up guys, uh, miss you guys, and fifth year anniversaries uh, about a month and a half away. See you guys there, maybe, probably not. We'll see. Uh, since we had two interviews, and I don't want to stay and do a whole college preview, you can see the whole college preview on collegecross.com, uh, where this podcast will live. And you can also tune in to the College Cross Game Day Show, 9 a.m., I think, 10. We might do 10 a.m. We're going to do 10 a.m. 10 a.m. on Twitter, on college, at college underscore cross. Uh, We're still doing it on Facebook, but I don't think people are even watching on Facebook or interacting. You can interact on the Twitter. I would recommend you interact on Twitter because that's where a lot of the people are. A lot of the people are watching there are. So interact on Twitter. If you have a Facebook still, go right ahead. Uh, but we have our College Cross Weekly Pick'em that will go out on Friday, later in the day on Friday. I'll read off my picks, and I'm so far 0-2 because I, along with the rest of the staff, picked Navy to beat Princeton. We were wrong there. 
And then the Thursday night game, which had Duke Loyola. I was the only one that had Loyola. So I'm 0-2 this week, and it's not good at all. Everyone else had Duke, so at least they have one win. I have none. Now we have a total of seven other games to pick. Penn State, Cornell's first. That game is Friday at the Crown in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, or somewhere nearby there. I believe they might have a, a actual video stream coming tomorrow, from what I've heard, uh, which is Friday, game day. So great to have that right at the game. Uh, the day of the game, I have Penn State along with everybody else. Penn at Villanova in the another weekend tournament, the Philly Four Lacrosse Classic. I have Villanova beating Penn, and then the rivalry game, Johns Hopkins Syracuse. I actually had Johns Hopkins winning, and funny fact, right before I changed my pick back to Syracuse, the Hopkins people had Syracuse winning, and the Syracuse people had Hopkins winning, and the Towson guy Jake had Hopkins winning. Uh, I go Syracuse just because I think the offense can actually click for the Orange, and their defense, I think, is a little bit better than Hopkins' D, but who really knows what's happening this year, and I could be completely wrong. Uh, I BU beating Colgate. I have Notre Dame beating Denver out west in California. That is an actually a 10 o'clock start time, so we will have Saturday Night Lacrosse but not the best Saturday Night Lacrosse because it's at 10. Not because of the quality of the teams. There are two really good teams, but just 10 o'clock and eh, midnight, daylight savings. Not the best time to have Saturday Night Lacrosse, especially if it's late. The Sunday games, Cornell-Towson. I have Towson. Tough weekend for Cornell. Penn State and Towson. Yikes. I have Towson winning, so that means Cornell goes 0-2 on the weekend. Uh, and then Michigan Yale down in Atlanta. I have Yale beating the Wolverines. Uh wanna end on one final note. And it's I know I'm I love to rant on the pro leagues, but I'm gonna do it again, mainly on the MLL. If you were watching the game yesterday with Duke and Loyola, which Duke pretty much handled the Greyhounds, uh the N MLL, Major League Lacrosse, unveiled their new logo, and Sandy Brown Commissioner was interviewed, and I honestly was not impressed by the interview whatsoever. Uh, he's the obviously he's got a tough job now as the head of the Major League Lacrosse, uh, but his answers I thought were unconvincing and not the best. Going out and not really having a concrete answer for what's how will you make MLL different than the PLL, and you go with after a few ums and uhs. It's ticket sales, and then the next question about TV, you're not really quite sure, but then you read about the logo on the graphic, and it's contradicting yourself because it's player-centric, and you want to do more for the players, and then go back to ticket sales again. Uh, that just leaves a bad mark on a league that's trying to rebrand, and the logo, and I even said it, it looks like a junior high school hockey league or a low junior hockey league logo. The red, white, and blue, it's typical in other leagues. Three, three of the four major leagues. But the blue, I don't want to be picky, but the blue and the red is kind of feels like 80-ish to me. It kind of feels, uh, it's, it's, could have used some more work. The website's a lot better, though. I will give them that. And, you know, it's not the best start, I would say. And even the press release or Sandy Brown's letter had a mistake already 
mentioning the draft, which will be on MLL's website, uh, mentioned that you can stream the game at 7 o'clock. It's a, it's a draft. And then on the PLL, now look, PLL has done a good job so far marketing themselves and having a lot of positivity. The only thing I just want to see is results and actually what happens instead of like a PR machine going through. And PR, I mean public relations or yeah, public relations machine, not Paul Rapel. He's doing a good job there. Uh, more of a PR machine instead of actual results. And of course, it's March 8th or whenever you're listening to this, before June 1st when they play. They won't have results until June 1st and even later on. We won't really know what's going to happen with ratings and uh, other things. But the rosters look good. I really like the Bitmoji. And I know like there are people that are kind of like, oh, they're targeting the little kids or other teens or whatever. But to me, it's it puts a face on a person. People won't know how who kind of Jules Hedingberg looks like for the most part. Or it's a, it's a it's a cool way or and a different way to express who you are and who you think you are in different ways. Nick Osello had the bike helmet, Trevor Baptiste had the shades, ex- expressing your personalities a little bit. But mainly for me, I just want to see results in the next few months, and ex- I'm excited to see what comes out of the league and the new league. And I've heard you know there has been some Twitter accounts throwing out some. Bad things about the league and the MLL as well, but let's wait. Let's see the results even from both leagues. I'm a little bit more patient with the PLL because it's newer. The MLL has been around, and they're trying now to catch up with the PLL because the PLL is pushing different things that the MLL has never really had. But I will give the MLL a chance as well. We'll see what happens. Will I watch any of these games? That will be to, to be determined for any league. I might pop in and see what's going on, but we'll see. We shall see. But for now, let us enjoy the college game. We've had a crazy first few weeks, and we will have an even crazier next few weeks leading up to May where we'll have a crazy tournament. It's been crazy so far. So let's enjoy the shot clock. Let's debate about the dive. Let's enjoy the college athletes, Pat Spencer and Chris Fake and other Great seniors and guys like even Chris Gray and Max Tuttle we don't know about and Penn State and all of these guys. We have so much to look forward to in the next few weeks. So let's not get ahead of uh, ourselves too much and mainly focus on the pro game yet where we have actual lacrosse going on as we speak. And so with that, it's the end of episode four of season two of Across College Across. We'll be back next week. Another interview. Another episode. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at C.F. Dostromsky. You can follow College Cross on Twitter at college underscore cross. Also on Instagram. And if you have Facebook still, you can like us on Facebook. But to be quite honest, we don't post a lot there for some reason. Maybe because a lot of people don't use Facebook anymore. Either way, follow us on our social pages to get some of the best College Cross content out there every week in our podcasts, including the College Crosscast. So, this is the podcast I am the host, and you are the best.